tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Happy Friday. We have made it. We made it through the week, the crazy ass week that we just had. Oh my goodness, do I feel tired. I've been up since 4 a.m. As you can see by my eyes. It's Friday, December 8th, and I have never felt more ready for a break. Although, although that reminds me, tomorrow I'm recording an episode uh, with Zach Peter because we are dropping a new series where we're, we are recapping Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season one. So think back to season one, you guys, this is Camille days. This is uh, Taylor Armstrong days when, when Russell was still, when they were still married, right? This is dinner from hell days. Know that. He will never emotionally fulfill you. Know that. So that will be uh, probably available on Sunday on my Patreon. You guys listened to my Patreon yesterday, those of you that subscribed. And um, I talked all about the behind the scenes of Dancing with the Stars. And then, of course, uh, meeting everyone at the Jeff Lewis party. That was a fun episode. Um, Speaking of... If you are part of the upper tier on Patreon, go check your feed because I want to make sure you all see we're doing our final happy hour Zoom. It's either going to be, it's in the next couple of weeks. So we're trying to figure out a perfect day and time for it. So make sure to go on over there and vote for which time you want. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Rick and Kelly talked about me on the Daily Smash today. And I got so many DMs about it. I thought it was so kind, so sweet. We're going to get into that in just a moment. First, before we do that, I want to make sure that I shout out this week's sponsor of Daily Dose of Donna. That's Kitsch. Yes, you heard me right, Kitsch. I just went crazy, you guys. I just went crazy on their website. I think I just purchased like 400 things. Their satin pillowcases I love. There are scrunchies, there are hair, there are face masks. I bought one of those like really big face masks that really fully covers your eyes for when you sleep. They have clips, they have all kinds of things. Um, you know, they say that hair care is the new skincare, but there is one brand that has taken it to the next level with a cult-like following. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials, beauty enthusiasts swear by enthusiasts. Enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast enthusiast. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. Um, What I love about Kitsch, not only are they running crazy discounts and you get 30% off using my code, which is mykitsch.com slash 
D-A-N-A. That's right. Donna, spell Dana. We'll get into that. Um, so you can go over there. There's there's so many things that are just so budget-friendly and really, really cute. So whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch is definitely the thing for you. Make sure to go over there, you guys. 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash Donna. That's right. Mykitsch, that's K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash Donna, which is D-A-N-A. One more time, mykitsch.com dot com slash Donna for 30% off. All right, y'all. Okay. So Rick and Kelly mentioned, um, daily dose of Donna today. And I woke up to so many DMS. And when I heard Rick and Kelly talked about you, I was like, Oh crap. Is it going to be bad? It's always uncomfortable when you know, people are talking about you, but you haven't heard it yet. So I went over to their show those of you guys that follow Rick and Kelly, it's called Daily Smash. Um, it's a five-day-a-week YouTube show just like mine. Um, and they talk about all kinds of things. They talk mostly about like their life and what they do and some in the news topics. And I know they cover some of the Real Housewives shows. Anyway, they mentioned that they met um, me and Sarah from Jeff Lewis Obsessed at the party. And um, at Jeff Lewis's party. And they went off on... Well, they, they talked about how they met Lance and um, how much they liked him and that they liked me. They said very nice things, but Kelly was so funny because she was just so confused about my name. So because I saw so many of you guys like defending in the comments, I will just first say this. No one can offend me when it comes to my name being spelled differently than it's pronounced because A, it's not about me. B, I don't take it personally at all. I've grown up with this. Literally, I have grown up with this um, experience like my whole life, right? My whole life. Can you imagine? I was born in Los Angeles, but my family is Israeli and in Israel. And actually a lot of European countries, if you say Dana, they immediately spell it D-A-N-A because it's Dana. Dana. So you can only imagine growing up in LA, how many times I had to deal with that. And then when I was an agent, I'm sorry, when I was a casting director and my name was on the breakdowns, that's the um, character description that would go out to the agents. And then the agents would call and pitch their actors to submit like, so that we would audition them. They would call and they wouldn't know who I was. And they would always say, is Dana there? Is Dana there? Is Dana there? So I'm used to it. So you can't, Nothing can offend me when it comes to my name at all. The The important thing was that they said nice things. You know, there's another YouTuber who is a former Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. Her name is Dana Wilkie. And because our names are spelled the same, a lot of people confuse us. So people hear my name and they're like, oh my gosh, is she the $25,000 sunglass girl? But I'm not. If I had $25,000 like just in my bank account, just like ready to spend right now, the last thing I would do would spend them on sunglasses. No judgment, no judgment. I would spend them on, if I had $25,000 this second, I would buy, if I had to buy something and not just like save it or invest it, I would buy like a, maybe like a purse like a really nice person. No, you know what I'd end up doing? I'd probably buy like a sick vacation. Like I'd go to like on a safari. No, not a safari. That's not, maybe like a beach vacation. 
okay, let's keep thinking about that in our dreams. You know what? Let's let's uh, all you know fantasize about twenty five thousand dollars you're sitting in our bank account ready to spend today, right? Um, but anyway, shout out to Rick and Kelly. It was really cool what you guys said, and I think a lot of new people are here because of that. So that's always very welcome. Um, I want to remind you guys. This week, I launched my merch. And so many of you guys have been saying, like, do you have merch? I would love a daily dose. I have merch. I have merch. And you can go. There's The, the link is below um, in the show notes. But it's dailydosepod.com is my website for the podcast. I just launched it. And it's dailydosepod slash store. But if you go to the main website on the top right, there's a little shop button. And you can go in there. And it's got... We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, sweatshirts, pants, hats, mugs, and they say all kinds of different things. So we've got an absolutely, we have the Sharpie eyebrows, we have don't be a sobbing Robin, we have in my Bravo era, um, founding member of the Bravo cult. So lots of fun stuff, double doser, daily doser. Anyway, I hope you guys go and shop for each other or for yourselves um, for the holidays because it's coming up. It's coming up. So you get your orders in as soon as you can. And thank you so much for supporting the show. We are going to be talking about a few things today. We're going to be talking about Real Housewives of Miami because I didn't get to talk about that yesterday. We're going to be talking about Southern Charm because I just wrapped that this morning. And honestly, like I was going up and down page six and um, Daily Mail and TMZ. Like, is there any good news? Is there, when I say good news, is there any like, juicy or like important news that I feel like I need to know or read for today. And y'all, there's like kind of not. It's it's I think it's a little bit of a slow day in the um in the world of um like real housewives or reality TV or pop culture. I mean, what I saw was that Jewel and Kevin Costner are, suppo are, are supposedly dating. And I'm like, is that the big, if Jewel and Kevin Costner supposedly dating is the biggest news story, you know, we have a big problem. You know, someone needs to like get arrested or someone needs to break up with someone or hook up with someone. Like we need, we need a little bit more gossip for this to, you know, for the show. I'm like, who cares about Kevin Costner? Everyone, yeah. We're, we're just all taking a break. Today's uh, tiring. Oh, this does remind me a little bit. Yesterday, the two T's, Tamara and Teddy, had a crossover episode with Tom and Tom. I talked about this, I think, briefly on the Patreon. So on this, thank you, Judy, exactly what I was going to talk about. On this episode, I only listened to the beginning part of the Teddy and Tamara one. I have not listened. It's a two-parter. So it starts with Teddy and Tamara, and then it skips on over to um, the two, the, to the ta Toms, to the two. What are their names? It's so confusing with all these T's, with the Tom and the Toms. But I know that Teddy is really good at asking good questions. So she was asking Tom all kinds of questions. And the one thing that I kept seeing, like the big, um, you know, takeaway from that was that Sandoval was, he said a few things. Number one, he said that Raquel made the first move. Um, I'm not surprised by that, by the way. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, I think that it kind of tracks because when you have someone, I think that's a little bit maybe, um, 
just like insecure or maybe like needing the attention and not getting it from James as much as she wants. I don't know. I have a feeling this was back in the James days, but I don't know if we have an actual timeline. So the first thing he said that was that Raquel was like, you know, she made the first move. He he essentially said that she kind of took advantage of the situation. Um, and then he also did mention that he was in love with her. And he was like really, he almost became heartbroken by the, by the, like, you know, when she decided to kind of cut him off and she felt, he felt like a little bit, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he was in love with her. He was in love with her. It says that he fought so hard for Raquel after the affair, before the heartbreaking breakup. Um, it's it kind of makes me feel almost better in a weird way. I know you guys are so funny. Uh, everyone hates him, but everyone like literally that's the name of his podcast, right? Everybody loves Tom, but literally everyone hates him. But I feel like it would be worse if he said it was just a fling and it was stupid, but I do believe that he did fall in love. I do believe she did something for his, I don't want to say psyche, but maybe like his confidence his confidence um, because he was in such a long relationship. And I think that you hear this a lot is that if you're in a long relationship, you, you go through periods where you're feeling like not appreciated or not special or whatever, but either way, it doesn't really matter. He did say that he, um, you know, fought really hard. He says, I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking cigarettes because she went away to a facility. I'm like, she can't drink. She can't smoke. I'm going to quit. And then it says, now eight months sober, following the controversy, the 40-year-old noted that there that he was there in any way that she needed before she completely cut him out of her life, moved to Arizona. He said, we were best friends. It's heartbreaking to go through. I was fully in love with her. She's not just some hot girl. I was a model for 15 years. It's deeper for deeper than that. Um This is interesting. Sandoval says, I had to make money. Every single month, all the bills came out. And he talked about the fact that he went on tour rather than go and like seek some mental health because he was depressed and struggling. He said, every single month, all the bills come out of my accounts. The mortgage comes out of my account every month. So while Ariana's shooting all these ads, she's six months behind in bills. Well, that is an effed up thing to say. He's so jealous. You guys, he is so jealous of Ariana's success. It's so obvious. He was always a little bit jealous, like in a relationship, but now it's so clear. I did see some sort of, whether it's like a blind item or anonymous, someone said that they were at TomTom Tom, um, a few nights ago and they were all like, Tom was giving them all kinds of drinks. So they were just like pretending that they loved him. And Tom essentially said like, you know, I want you guys to vote for, Jason or Allison for the finale. Like he was trying to get people not to vote for um for Ariana. He's so jealous. Uh oh, Sandoval says Ariana is currently staying in some place. We don't talk. We have a go-between, whether it's my assistant or a friend. Um and that's pretty much it. I mean, a couple other things came up, but I think it's a good article. I mean, interview. I think Teddy and Tamara are the perfect people to kind of just like put him in a situation where he kind of can't skirt around the issues because, you know, he's a big ass uh, 
well, uh, he's, what's the right word? Where he is like, he loves to play victim and he loves to make it sound like he's the one that is really um, hurting when, when the truth is like, he is very much a huge part of the problem. <laughs> he is like, he's 50% of the problem. And Rachel's 50%. And he's, yeah, you guys are <laughs> warm with a mustache story spinner. It does all, it does all feel like, let me find a way. Now, hmm. I'm, I have to figure out if I can share a story. I'm going to hold on to that, but I have to figure out if I can share a certain Tom Tom story um, because it, it will be interesting. Um, hold on. So, Okay, so then let's keep going and let's start talking about a couple other things, you guys. Real Housewives of Miami. I just watched it this morning, like a little bit yesterday and a little bit this morning because it was Hanukkah and we were out last night. So, our, okay, uh, th this is where I need to start. I've been really dogging on Julia's opera. No, I, th I think I'm singing it wrong. It's quite difficult to listen to. Um, that being said, seeing Martina's reaction to her singing the opera was so sweet. And actually, I don't see a lot of love between Julia towards Martina. She says, I love you. She says, I care about you. But it's almost like, I don't know if it's because when Julia was first introduced on the show, it felt like she was just so flirty with um, what's his name with, uh, or like Adriana, I felt like she was always like not really invested in her relationship with Martina. But yesterday I saw this so cute in this episode. I thought they were, they seemed so in love and Martina really was just in awe that Julia did that for her. I guess it does show like a lot of love. If you're willing to do something that is totally out of your comfort zone, uncomfortable for you and, and, you know, practice singing and performing for your, for your wife. I mean, I thought that was sweet. I can't believe they've been together 15 years. It's a long ass time. Now on the same token, let's just like really quickly take a left turn. Alexia and, and Julia start to have this little bit of a relationship as friends, right? They start to have this friendship and they start to go on this vacation. They're planning to go to this vacation to Palm Beach, which is like a two hour drive from where they are in Miami. And they're kind of like shooting the shit talking about let's, let's room together. Which is super random because Alexia and Julia are not close or haven't been close up until this moment. And Alexia's best friend, Mary Soul, and Julia's best friend, Adriana, despise each other. So it would be weird for Alexia to choose to room with Julia when both Adriana and Mary Soul are also in that house. And Alexia kept saying, uh, I don't know. I feel like I have to ask Todd. I feel like I just need to ask Todd. Maybe I should ask Todd. I think that was an excuse. I don't think it's because Julia thinks it's because she's a lesbian. I really don't. I think that seems insane that Alexia would be like, oh, I have to ask Todd because it feels like I'm cheating on him because I'm sleeping in a room with a girl that likes girls. I think she just was using that as an excuse because she didn't have the heart to say, Mary Saul would kick my ass if I shared a room with you. And that's really what I think it is. I think Mary Saul and, um, you know, I think Mary Saul and Alexia have a little bit of a codependent, like possessive relationship with each other. 
And you know, someone told me the other day that Mary Soul is not even a series regular on Real Housewives. She's not an official housewife. She's a friend of. I have to like pay more attention to the beginning. I always fast forward right through that. But anyway, so I don't personally understand, um, you know, exactly why she couldn't just upfront say that. Like, I don't want to start shit with Mary Soul. But that was my gut feeling. I really don't believe it's because she's gay. But maybe, she, maybe it is. That would track that Alexia would be that you know, like not smart to think that a, she can't spend a night in a room with a gay person. Like so stupid. Um, Larsa. Larsa may quite possibly may be the, sorry guys, the worst of the worst. I, I can't, I can't stand her. I cannot stand her. The, what she did to Gertie is unexcusable. You inexcusable when you tell someone in confidence, yes, I know you're there's a camera crew, but you tell them, do not tell anyone this, do not say this. And then they joke, not only I'm gonna tweet it, I'm gonna tell TMZ, ha 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 ha, but then literally same day, go and tell 15 people on camera, no less. Like, who did she tell off camera? You are not to be trusted. Then she starts questioning, does she really have cancer? Is this real? Like, how do you know? And the fact that she's after, like, if Gertie is upset about the the cancer, um, you know, the sharing of the cancer, it doesn't matter your why. This is the worst part about these housewives and a lot of these people. And we talk, I mean, this literally, Daily Dose of Donna could really be called about, like, Daily Dose of how to take accountability. Because housewives do not know how to take accountability, right? And so, all Larsa needed to say in that moment was, I did not mean to hurt you. I did it because I really wanted to protect you and show and like rally the troops around you, but I messed up. I was so wrong to do that, actually. Like, I know that you didn't want me to say it. And for whatever reason, in my mind, I thought it would have been better for everyone to know but I effed up. That's the, that's the answer. That's what you do. You do not like bullshit this whole, like, oh, don't give me a hard time, Gertie. I meant well. No, I don't care what you meant. You, you meant shit is the truth. You wanted to just talk because you didn't believe that she had cancer. You were questioning it. You, if, if God forbid, I ever told someone some bad news and they say, well, how do you know? Like, but how would you, how would you know? I want to throw her off a bridge. Also, by the way, Larsa, have you guys seen these pictures that are circulating? I mean, you if you watched um, Real Houses of Miami early days, you would have seen it. But let me find it really fast. Larsa is a, an absolute different human being. Larsa before plastic surgery. You guys, she does not look like the same person. In every... Uh, top to bottom, top to bottom. Okay, this is a picture of her face. The first picture is a completely different face. She's very slim in the first picture. Her nose is very skinny. The second picture, she got her nose redone. She plumped up her lips beyond, and then she got so much filler, her face like rounded up. But then not only that, her, oh my God, this is the best. I just clicked on some random article to show a picture and it says, did Larsa Pippen get plastic surgery? Um, 
If Larsa Pippen didn't get plastic surgery, then I'm expecting that one day I'm just going to grow up and look like Larsa. Does that just happen over time? If if you don't believe that Larsa's been under the knife, her butt is a complete. You guys, this is Larsa. It doesn't look anything like her. Like it's unrecognizable. And she was beautiful then and she's beautiful now, but her personality, I mean, it looks like a different person. Her personality is so unlikable and so ugly from what we've seen. Like, I want to see a side of Larsa that I really like, and I haven't seen that. So who's going to listen to her podcast is what I'm curious about. Um, Lisa, let's talk for a second about Lisa and Lenny. So I, you know, obviously Lisa and Lenny Hoxstein are having a very, very tumultuous divorce. And at this time, it's a year after the separation when they're shooting the show. And clearly there's a lot going on. There's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of fighting. And then there was a lot of this. And it's so sad for Lisa, I imagine, because now her, not only is her ex-husband or still probably has been um, going after her, but her ex-mother-in-law, Marina, who who took her side at the beginning, they were like aligned at the beginning of the separation, is now going after her, calling her a bad mother and this other woman will be better to you. I mean, just the lowest of the low. I feel so bad for Lisa. But then the whole conversation about, like it's a very recurring conversation, how Lisa should not be talking to her boyfriend, Jody about Lenny. And it reminded me of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I don't know, not Beverly Hills, OC this last season. Remember when Gina was so triggered by her relationship with her ex-husband and the cheating and everything? She was so triggered by it when she was like getting to know Jen Pedronti. And Heather Dubrow was like, don't call your boyfriend. Is it Travis? Yeah. Travis. Travis, let's sell a house, Travis. Um, Chan Yan. You guys remember that? Shanyan. So Travis was getting like an earful of Gina every time Gina was sad about her ex-husband. And um, and Heather was like, stop doing that. This reminded me of that. Where Marisol and Gertie were like, Lisa, you gotta stop talking about Lenny to Jody. And Lisa started to panic. She was like, I'm getting anxiety. Stop talking about this. Here's my gut feeling. And I could be completely wrong. I don't follow Lisa like day to day, so I don't know exactly. But I do feel like part of the reason she so quickly moved on and found Jody and like got serious with Jody is it probably does wonder, it do, it probably does make sense like that she, he is a good ear for her, like to vent. Because I do have a feeling that Lisa is one of those people that will just talk about the same thing over and over and over for like hours and hours and hours. And she probably gets obsessive talking about the marriage and the way it's going and the ending of it. And then she just wants to talk about it like nonstop. What do you guys think? Um, Do you think, how would you feel if you started dating someone and they had a very public falling out with their ex and you know that they're like a public figure and they wanted to talk about it all the time. How would you feel? Would it drive you insane? Or would you understand because it's kind of like what you signed up for? It's interesting. I don't really know. I don't really know where I would go with that. I think at some point I would be quite annoyed by it all. Okay. Um, 
Anyway, they go over to Palm Beach. They start, like, finding their rooms. And then is that kind of, like, where it ends for the episode? I kind of can't remember how it ends. I feel like it's, like, that's kind of how it, like, it wasn't, nothing really big happened. Now, on the other hand, let's talk about Southern Charm. So Southern Charm, I don't know how Taylor can come off looking worse, in my opinion. Actually, you know what? Shep. Shep? went after my boyfriend, Craig. And if you go after Craig Conover, you're officially on my shit list. So Shep has already been a piece of shit human being, we've heard from various sources. But now officially, he's on my shit list because he went after Craig. And we all know Craig can do no wrong. Okay? And yes, I understand that that is definitely not, um, it's very biased thinking on my end, but Craig can do no wrong. He's a wonderful human being and he's very good looking. Shout out. Sewing down south. Um, so essentially they're in my in Jamaica. Um, and they're kind of just like waking up from the next the night before where they went all went out and partied. And clearly the only ones that really partied crazy, well, all of them. I'm sure Shep was hammered falling over, but Taylor and JT. Taylor needs to stop hanging out with the guys. But she doesn't have girls to hang out with is the problem. Because Madison went off on her the episode before saying, like, who are you and what are you doing? Vanita is Madison's friend. Olivia can't stand Taylor because Taylor has been hooking up with her ex-boyfriend. Taylor is walking herself into a deep, dark hole here. And it's like she's looking for attention from men. And, you know, she's looking for attention from men to like make her feel better about herself, I think is what's happening in this time. But it's not doing her any favors. It's making her very unlikable. And she seems to be so bothered by the fact that everyone is still struggling to get over her hookup with Austin. But as they're in Jamaica, a page six article breaks. Who do you think broke that article? Like, who do you think the source was? Probably Whitney. He was like, we got a show. We got a show to do. And I'm an executive producer. Maybe it was Patricia. Maybe Patricia was laying in bed. And she's like, I have nothing to do today. I think I'm going to call my friends over at page six and tell them about Taylor showing her boobs to my son and hooking up with Austin. Um. It was perfect timing because they're in Jamaica. Everyone's talking about this article and they have nowhere else they can ever do, you know, like they have to, you know, talk about this. And I get it. Like Olivia, poor thing. She has just gone through the loss of her brother. She's definitely like very, you can tell, kind of vulnerable and emotional. And she wakes up in Jamaica to find this page six article that her ex-boyfriend and her best friend, who's kind of not really her best friend anymore, have hooked up. Now, Olivia's convinced and she said that everyone and their mother is sending her the text. The whole city of Charleston knows about it. She's convinced they've had sex. I'm convinced they've at least made out more than a kiss. I think there is no way, in my opinion, there is no way that her and Austin only kissed. And if they did, I think they kissed more. But Taylor seems to be so, and this is, I think, what it is. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Oh, the reason why no one can, like, forgive Taylor for this is because she doesn't seem 
she actually, there's something like missing. She's lacking the ability to really show remorse. Do you guys think so? It's like, she's like, I'm sorry. What do you want from me? I didn't do it. Okay. What do you want? Number one, the worst part about it was the beginning when she lied. If you're lying and swearing on your, you know, swearing that you didn't ever hook up with Austin and then you find out that she did actually hook up with Austin. Now your word is gone. Now, you know, a hundred percent that whatever you say, it can't be believed because you've already lied one time on camera. And now why, why wouldn't you lie about other things? So she's not showing sympathy. She's not showing remorse. She's just like shocked that people aren't just believing her and getting over it. Who else is doing that? Austin, those two, those two have absolutely no remorse. They're sitting out there at the waterfalls with Madison, who's just stunning beyond belief, and Craig, my boyfriend slash the best, you know, producer on Southern Charm because he's sitting there. And I love Madison and Craig, by the way. And um, and Taylor's like, I don't understand, like, why they just don't get it. That's all that happened. You know, she's not being very nice to me about Olivia. And Craig's like, you hooked up with her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend. Like, it's so weird. And Taylor's like, that's what, all I did was kiss him. Girl, I don't believe you. You're lying. We need that. Get that uh, lie detector test in here. This is not, I don't think it takes like a private investigator to realize that Austin and Taylor are totally lying. And I get it. Olivia's like this this is effed up. Leave me alone. So then, of course, Rod gets involved and, and starts going after Austin. But the, the biggest one was JT. When JT stood up at that restaurant where they were all ordering different versions of lobster. Wasn't that interesting how much energy we spent on the lobster conversation? A lot of lobster talk. A lot of lobster talk. If you were to eat lobster, you guys, at a J Jamaican restaurant, would you have it with butter? Steamed? Grilled? Would you have it in a creamy curry sauce like Shep did? can just imagine Shep like with his beer breath and creamy curry sauce breath. Um, I think the whole thing is, you know, gross. But JT finally stood up and he was like, dude, you're making this worse. And then Craig ends up going after Shep and because Shep is like, we got to get out of here. Taylor's crying. We got to get, and Craig is like, we're trying to fix shit here. I'm a Real Housewives producer. I'm the only one doing this job. But Shep, oh, Shep, listen, Paige may be with my man, but I stand Paige and Craig and I want them to be very happy. And I think they actually really do love each other. So when Shep, Mr. King of not being able to hold down a relationship, cheating on every girl, disgusting, drunk, alcoholic man that like probably smells like crap. I don't think he ever washes, washes his sheet and he probably doesn't have a headboard in his bed. You know, Shep is like the ultimate college bachelor until he's 65 years old. He goes after Craig. Oh, Craig, must be nice that you have a girlfriend that's never around so we don't have to look at your relationship with a magnifying glass. I'm sorry, even if Craig's girlfriend was around, if Paige was around, I still don't think they'd have anything to complain about. I just think that Craig and, um, I think that Craig and Paige have a healthy relationship in their own way. I think there's some things, but whatever. Now, I believe they're like kind of hinting that JT and Taylor either hooked up or are going to hook up. But do you guys remember in the trailer for this season, there's a scene 
like before the season was airing, there was a scene where JT and Taylor were sitting at a bar and then they stood up to hug and like Taylor kind of fell and JT went down with her onto the ground at a bar. I want to see that scene. When is that? When is that? Anyway, Shep, grow the F up. Like Shep is, okay, you guys, F, Mary, or K-I-L-L. I don't want to say it on YouTube, okay? F, Mary, or K. Shep, Tom Sandoval, John Jansen from OC. Tom Sandoval, John Jansen, Shep. Okay. Oh my God, you guys. I can't think of which one I'd ever marry. Which one would you marry? I know which one I'd F, but I don't know which one I would marry. I would, I would F, you're going to help kill me. <laughs> I would F Tom. Out of those three? But which one would you marry and which one would you K? Interesting. Okay. Def, I don't think I can marry Shep. Oh, I would probably marry John because he has a house on the water and a boat. But I don't think, but Shep's, like, if you marry Shep, you have to live in his gross apartment house duplex situation. I know, you guys, I didn't mean to make you nauseous this early in the morning. I'm sorry. All right, y'all. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. I just, you know, I asked over on, um, I asked over on Facebook. I said, it's a slow news day. So on the Facebook group, I said, if you have any questions why don't you ask them here? And I feel like because it's Friday and because I'm about to, you know, hang up with you guys or end the show and go take my boys out to lunch because they don't have school today. Let's just, you know, chat it up. Your guys' answers are so funny. I'd marry the money. So that's Shep. You'd marry the money. Marry Shep for the inheritance. How about you marry Shep and then you K? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Life insurance? Okay. Um, Kristen says your favorite Bravo show. I would say it changes all the time. At this moment, my favorite is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm dying to see how that like plays out. Dying. Sarah says, what's been the most eye-opening, interesting part of going from a pop culture fan to reporting on pop culture and getting inside scoop? Um, I did not realize, I think I was way too naive and thought that everyone would just like me. I didn't realize how hard people go after people that they don't like once they're like, once they put themselves out there. Um, the mean comments and DMs and uh, like podcast reviews like killed me at the beginning when it started happening. And I'm getting better. I'm much less affected by it now. I just don't care as much. Um, but it still does hurt sometimes when you read something. Like yesterday I saw, by the way, this is my reminder for you guys. If you're listening on the podcast app, or even if you're not, please leave me a five-star rating and a nice review if you guys like the show. Um, just to balance out, because I'm getting a lot of one-star reviews specifically because I'm Jewish. Um, because I don't talk about uh, a lot of politics but I do mention that I'm Jewish and my family's from Israel. And so people assume that that means I support genocide. If you're watching my face, you would see my eye roll. It's very hard to read things like that. Um, but 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been such a cool experience. It's only been under a year. I would say that's the most eye-opening thing is like how tough people can be from, um, you know, from behind their screens. Like people have called me really, really sad and mean names on like boards and, and anonymous places like Reddit. Um, and it's it, like, it does sting. That's just the truth. I think it would be weird if it didn't at all. Um, would you ever be on a reality show? And if so, which one? I, I was thinking about like applying to Squid Games. I'm not joking because 400, you get $4.56 million. By the way, did you finish it this week? I won't talk about it in case some of you guys are behind, but the finale aired on Wednesday. It's so good. Um, it, I would do something where you won a ton of money. I think Amazing Race sounds really fun. I would love to do something like that where you get to like go on missions. I don't think I would want to do like a Big Brother. I think I'd go crazy in that house. Um, I wouldn't want to do a real housewife or anything like that because I hate the fact that you have to fight for your job. Um, I think, yeah, like a competition show could be kind of fun. Okay. Allison says, do you take offense or do you think that Kelly Dodd and crew talking about you is a positive thing? I would take offense if they said horrible things about me. I think it's a positive thing because the truth is like people were trying to, and I talked about it all on Patreon if you really want the story, but there were people in my comments on YouTube a couple of weeks ago, really trying to create drama saying that Kelly hated me and that she and Rick like went off on me on one of their shows because of something I said, which I knew I never said. And I did a deep dive on all of my shows, like searching transcripts to make sure that I never said it. And I even asked on Patreon and they, yesterday in the comments, everyone was like, you've never said that. And also they've never gone off on you. And so when I went up to Kelly at the party and said, Hey, um, you know, nice to meet you. I just want to, I went up to Rick first he was like, don't take offense to it, but I haven't listened to your show. I don't take offense to it at all. I'm just happy that they weren't mad at me about something that maybe someone had started a rumor. I think a lot of people want to see feuds. So they'll tell someone something, they'll tell someone else something, they'll say this person said this, they'll say this person said that without like any actual proof. Like if you were to screenshot a comment, that's a little bit different. But if you were to just like do hearsay and not post a link or whatever. Like, for example, it's so crazy. Just the other, just last night on TikTok, someone sent me a DM saying that Chris Frangiola mentioned me on his podcast cover to cover last week. And I was like, he did? Now, I haven't listened to it, but I guess he mentioned about like a joke that he made right after the war started in October that I thought was really like a bad joke to make. And I said it on this show. And so he mentioned that and he said that he removed the joke or whatever. So, I don't know. It's a really hard thing because you can't like go through everything with a fine tooth comb. But I think Kelly, Kelly Dodd, like a lot of people in the comments were saying, you know, don't, don't fall under Donna's spell. She hates you or whatever. And I was going back and I was thinking, what have I said? And here's what I have said. I didn't like, and I would say this to Kelly's face. I didn't like how she made fun of like Jenna Lyons looks, right? Or Emily um, from OC's weight or whatever. Like those things I don't like. And I would say that to her face. And she'd probably be like, okay, whatever. Sometimes I say things out of, but in general, like, do I think Kelly and Rick seem like good human beings from what I've seen? Yeah. Yeah. And like I told you, well, I told on um, Patreon, like the specifics of why I really appreciated Rick, but, um, 
Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, this is a good one. Joanne says, I'd love to hear your plans for your channel and pod for the upcoming year. Who you'd like to interview or collaborate collaborate with? What's your next challenge? You've grown so quickly. The sky's the limit. Thank you so much. It's been insane. I have no idea how this happened. I'm so grateful. I mean, I've collaborated with some of my faves. I always on my bucket list was Dumois. That's all I wanted was to do Dumois and I did it. And then I'm doing it again this month. Um, so that is just feels like on another level. I've obviously collaborated with Zach Peter. I've had, um, you know, She Speaks Bravo. And I'm trying to think some other big, uh, I'm doing Brav Bros or the Brav Bros are going to be on my show next week. I'm going to have Ben Mandelker from Watch What Crappens on my show in the next couple of weeks. Um, Justin Martindale, it's been so fun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't, Craig Conover. My dream is to get Craig Conover on this show. I feel like it's going to happen. I don't understand why it wouldn't, but that is my goal. My goal is to get Craig Conover on Daily Dose of Donna. And then I'll be like, okay, life is good. Um, And that's it. And Kayla said, what's been the biggest adjustment to your new career? It's been uh, really, really great to have like a daily routine. Obviously, you know, my, my days are spent following pop culture stories and watching like reality TV as a job, which I never used to do. But now I have to like really pay attention. I have to watch everything really well. I have to be like, Lance, I have to go to work and watch Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So that part has been cool. Um, Just to be involved and kind of get to know a whole new like crew of industry people and people in this entertainment space and creators. I've just have had so much fun. Honestly, I do think it's a really, really uh, fun experience and and it's been, um, I don't know, the best is yet to come. If this was just 2023, we'll see what happens in 2024. And don't worry, you guys, I'm not leaving you. I still have one more week of the show before the end of the year. I will be taking, taking time off. I think I'm going to work until the 22nd and then I'll take that last week off. But I'm going to the Jeff Lewis live show on the 21st. So I wanted to come back on the 22nd and report. And then I go up to Mammoth. Actually, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the 22nd now that I think about it because I'm driving up to Mammoth. Anyway, I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for shopping the merch. Thank you for giving me the nice reviews and ratings. It means the world because now I'm at a 4.3. I got down to a 4.3 because so many freaking one-star reviews from lovers. Um, so let's let's pop it back up to 4.4. Thank you everyone for being here as always. Um, I'm going to take my boys out to lunch. Follow on Instagram at this is Donna Bowling just to keep up, keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Love you dosers. Bye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.